I'd like to share some some quotes with you uh, about self-control. Edmund Hillary was the first man who climbed Mount Everest. And he was asked by an interviewer about his passion for climbing mountains. And this is his reply. It is not the mountain we cover, but uh, that is not the mountain that we conquer, but ourselves. Peter the Great of Russia is quoted as saying, I have been able to conquer an empire, but I have not been able to conquer myself. Hugo Grotius, the Dutch jurist and scholar, said, A man cannot govern a nation if he cannot govern a city. He cannot govern a city if he cannot govern himself. And he cannot govern himself unless his passions are subject to reason. The book of Proverbs says that a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls walls. We're emotional people, aren't we? We're very, very emotional. And we get emotional about a lot of different things. We'll find out bad news, and we tend to get emotional. Someone we love is sick. We'll hear the C word, and you know what C word I'm talking about. You hear the C word, and you think, what am I going to do? And, and what's going to happen to me, or what's going to happen to my loved one? And we get emotional about that. We'll, we'll cry tears and we'll be scared and we we'll may even get angry. We'll hear that uh, our, our job might be getting outsourced or we might be losing our job for one reason or another and we think uh, we get very emotional about it. We'll get scared and, and sad and maybe angry. We get emotional in our lives. We see emotions broadcast everywhere. A lot of times we'll see it on social media. It does us no favors. Have you seen people get emotional on Facebook? <laughs> I have. You know, it, it's funny. We, we get very emotional in our lives, and we have lots of situations that cause us to get emotional. And, and one of the emotions that we feel the most, one of the, the strongest emotions that we have is, is that of anger. And we get angry at a lot of different things. We get angry at situations. We get angry with people whom we love. We really get angry with people we don't like. When was the last time you blessed somebody for cutting you off in traffic? Oh Lord, please bless this man. Please bless this woman for cutting me off. Lord, please watch over them for I know that they are on the hospital to perform a life-saving operation on someone. Therefore, they would not have cut me off. I know that they're on their way to fight a fire or to rescue a kitten out of a tree. They must be. Otherwise, they would not have cut me off the way that they just did. We get angry. And like I said, a lot of times we see it on Facebook. We'll see it on, on Twitter. We'll see it on social media where people are just angry and angry and angry. And, and they express their anger often with exclamation points, right? You see a lot of exclamation points on Facebook. I'm guilty. I am guilty of the exclamation point. Or emoticons, or emoji, like in a text message. How many of you have ever gotten an angry text message? Or sent an angry text message? Hmm. Angry text messages. They may, and, and what happens when you get that angry text message, or you get that angry post? You get angry-er. You get even more angry. Anger is an emotion that we feel so strongly. And it's brought on by circumstances and situations 
and it has to be controlled. You see, we're talking about self-control today. We're talking about what it means to control our anger. And it's not easy. Controlling our anger is one of the hardest things to control. Now, when it comes to self-control, we can talk about a lot of different things. We can talk, there's a wide variety of topics that we can cover. But I want to focus on anger today. I want to read some passages of Scripture for you that talk about anger and a temper such as Proverbs fourteen seventeen, A quick-tempered person does foolish things. You think? A quick-tempered person does foolish things. Proverbs 29, 22 says, An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Ephesians four twenty six in the New Testament, Paul writes, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Have you ever done that? been laying next to the person you love and you're just sitting there going it's hard to fall asleep isn't it and half the time they don't even know (laughs) they're just like why aren't you why aren't you why am i so angry with you and why don't you care i don't even know you're mad Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Colossians 3.8 says, You must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Anger. We get so angry. You think people are angry now? We're 13 months away from a presidential election. Oh my goodness, it is going to get ugly. And there's going to be so much angry, anger. We're going to be angry with Washington. We're going to be angry with the candidates. We're going to be angry with our candidate. We're going to be, you know, it's like the candidate you back up and they're going to say something stupid or do something dumb and you're going to be like, I can't believe it. We're going to be angry with each other. How can you support that person? How can you support that person? How can you be this? How can you be that? We're angry. It's only going to get worse especially on Facebook. You know what we should do? We should, like, take a, a month off of Facebook. Everybody, just all of us, just say, you know what, no, no Facebook for a month. Could, any of you, could you do it? Some of you are like, do what? You just completely glossed over, glazed over when I said take a month off of Facebook. You're like, what, do what, do what? No, can't do that. We're angry. We have emotional outbursts of anger. We have quick tempers that flare easily. We're stressed out and it makes us even more angry. But it has to be controlled. The Greek word for self-control means this. A restraint of one's emotions, impulses, or desires. Like I said, when it comes to emotions and restraining our emotions... Anger is one of the hardest to restrain. And that's why I wanted to talk about it today. I didn't want to pick an easy one. I didn't want to give you a softball today. We're throwing hardballs today. We're throwing fastballs. 100 miles an hour. And anger is hard. Anger is hard to control. It really is. It is an emotion that rises up within us and is easily aroused. We're We're talking about selfie 
Uh, we started a new sermon series last week called Selfie, and we're looking at different aspects of the self. Last week we talked about self-denial, and we talked about how we need to deny ourselves, die to ourselves, and follow Jesus. Deny, die, and follow. We talked about how we expected to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. And when it comes to self-denial, self-denial may sound a lot like self-control. It may sound like the same thing, but there's a, a, a significant difference in that self-denial is about denying my will. It's about doing Jesus' will instead of doing what I want to do. Instead of doing what I want to do, I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. And in order to do that, I have to deny myself and my selfish desires and my selfish will. That's self-denial. Self-control is restraining. It is controlling your emotions, impulses, and desires. And the good news about self-control, because self-control is huge. Self-control is very hard. We are not a nation of self-controlled people. Uh, Even Christians find it very hard to be self-controlled. But the good news is that we're not in it uh, by ourselves. We're not in it alone. And I'm going to get into that in just a few minutes about how we are not alone when it comes to self-control. So I want you to grab your Bible, and we're going to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 in this first one. We're going to look at, at several different passages of Scripture this morning. We've already looked at several. We're going to look at a few more. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. And uh, if you uh, didn't bring your Bible, if you don't have it on your phone or on your tablet, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 811. And uh, you'll find it on page 811 of the, the Bible in the chair in front of you. As we look at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27... As we begin talking about controlling our anger and having self-control. Chapter 9, verse 24, 1 Corinthians says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. That is that same Greek word that is used to describe self-control, this restraint of one's emotions, impulses, or desires. It's the same word means strict training in this context. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Strict training is the same thing as self-control. For an athlete, it is not enough to rely on talent alone in order to gain a competitive advantage. I went to the University of Notre Dame yesterday. I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Many of you know this. Love the Irish. Went to the Irish game yesterday. Put a whooping on University of Massachusetts, 62-27. to 27. It was awesome. Had a ball. Nine touchdowns, folks. It was amazing. And I have a terrible record at Notre Dame Stadium. I go to Notre Dame games, and we either play really close or we lose. And, to, and, and second quarter looked very, very tenuous yesterday. But we came back. Scored nine touchdowns, walked away with a blowout, felt great about it. Now, the thing about this game is is that in the game of football, there's a lot of talented football players. There's big guys who who can run fast and can throw the ball and do all kinds of things. They have a lot of talent. But for an athlete, for a football player to gain a competitive advantage over the other team, he's got to or she has to, uh, depending on the sport, he or she has to go into strict training. That means restraining your desires, restraining your emotions, restraining your impulses, 
as an athlete in order to gain a competitive advantage. In order for us to be self-controlled, we have to go into strict training as well. We need to read our Bibles. We need to spend time with other Christians. We need to pray. We need to practice spiritual disciplines so that we will have a competitive advantage when it comes to controlling our emotions, including controlling our anger. You know, I think about that team from the north side, that baseball team from the north side. I won't even mention the name. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, you're welcome. Fan of the south side. Won't even mention the north side. But congratulations to all you north sider fans uh, on your, uh, uh, your uh, entry into the playoffs. Good for you, good for you. Uh, one and done, that's all I'm going to say. One and done. Uh, oh, that's not, and now you're angry. See, this is a perfect example of how to control your anger and not throw Bibles at Sean, okay? So, um, where was I? Uh, Northside. You know, again, it's not enough for a team to rely on talent alone. There has to be training. There has to be, uh, uh, there has to be a, um, a strict training and, and self-discipline and self-control uh, so that you gain that competitive advantage so that you can actually make the playoffs for the first time in I don't know how long. Uh, but... It requires self-control. And if we want to control our emotions, if we want to uh, control our anger, it requires strict training as well. It requires that we do something about it. And I'm not going to tell you that it's easy because it's hard. Controlling your anger is really, really hard. When that other person just won't let it go, when they pick that scab constantly, when a situation or a circumstance arises in your life, when something happens that you have no control over, it's easy to lash out and to be angry. To be angry at somebody else. To be angry at a situation. To be angry at God. And you may think, I can't be angry at God. Yet I do feel that way sometimes. God's big enough to take it, by the way. He can take your anger. But you've got to do something about it. It's not enough to just stay angry. You've got to deal with your anger in an effective way. And that's kind of what Peter talks about in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. He talks about living a virtuous life. And I want to read this for you. It'll be up on the screen. It says, For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Peter says, for this very reason. What's he referring to? He's referring to the previous verses where he talks about the promises that God has made, that God has made promises to his people that if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you will believe in him and repent from your sins, confess your faith and be baptized, he will wash away your sins. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will cleanse you from your sins and you will have the promise of not only forgiveness of sins, but you have the promise of eternal life with Jesus in heaven. And it's because of these promises that God has made that we should have these virtues in our lives. That in one of the virtues that we need to live a virtuous, effective life, and a, a virtuous, productive life, is to have self-control. He says, add to yourself self-control so that you will not lead an unproductive or ineffective life. 
for Jesus Christ. So if you want to live a productive life for Jesus Christ, if you want to live an effective life for Jesus Christ, you've got to have self-control. And that includes control over your emotions, such as anger. Have you ever met an angry Christian? I mean, not somebody who's like upset about something, but, or maybe you are an angry Christian. But you've met somebody who's just angry all the time. Uh, I'm not talking about just like an occasional emotional outburst, but somebody who's just angry. Just angry. What are you so angry about? What are you so mad about? The fact that you get to go to heaven? Uh, the fact that, that God has forgiven your sins? The fact that he gives you your life purpose and meaning? What do you have to be so angry about? Why be angry all the time? We've got to control that. That self-control is what we need. But here's the good news. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, when you are born again, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. God's Spirit lives in you. And here's the secret. God's Spirit is a spirit of self-control. You see, you're not alone in this. You don't, it's, not in, it's not all on you. It's not about your ability to be self-controlled. It's not about your ability to control your emotions, to control your anger. Rather, you have a helper. You have a secret weapon. Look here at Galatians 5, and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. That the fruit of the Spirit, one of the, the qualities that the Holy Spirit produces in us is self-control. So you can't do it on your own. You can't do it by yourself. Look at this one, 2 Timothy 1.7. God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God has given us a spirit of self-control. It is the Holy Spirit's job to increase our ability to be self-controlled. It's not all on you. It's not all about your ability to control your anger, but rather the Holy Spirit gives us the power to have self-control. So that when we get angry, when we are tempted to lose our temper... When we are tempted to fly off the handle and into a rage, the Holy Spirit can strengthen us and give us self-control over those emotions. And again, it's not easy, but you're not in it by yourself. The Holy Spirit is your secret weapon against anger. The Holy Spirit is your secret weapon. And the key to self-control is to allow the Spirit to control. You see that? You see, the key to self-control is allowing the Spirit to control. And that means submitting and surrendering to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to give you that strength and to help you overcome the rage and the anger and the losing of your temper. You see, when it comes to the, the, the anger in our lives, when it comes to losing our temper, we need the Holy Spirit. We need God's Spirit to give us that strength to overcome those moments of weakness when we want to fly off the handle. So what does this look like on a daily basis? What does this look like when the, the guy cuts you off in traffic? What does it look like when the, when the situation that you want to go a certain way doesn't go that way? What does it look like when somebody posts something on Facebook that you disagree vehemently with? You know what I'm talking about. 
Does it look like a snarky picture, a passive-aggressive picture with some cute little saying on it to draw the ire out of somebody? It's not what it looks like. Let me tell you the first thing you got to do. When you're sitting there at your computer or you get that text message on your phone and you're just tempted, you are tempted to, I am going to let them have it and it's going to feel so good. When you are tempted to lose your temper, when you are tempted to be angry and not in a righteous way, the first thing you do is you pray about that thing. That's the first thing that comes, it's the first thing that's got to come to mind. Lord, I need your spirit now. Holy Spirit, give me self-control in this moment. And then the next thing you do, after you pray about it, after you give it over to God, after you say, God, I'm going to lose my temper and I'm going to lose it all over this person. You say, Lord, I'm going to lose my temper. I'm going to lose my temper with my kids. I'm going to lose my temper with my grandkids. I'm going to lose my temper with my boss. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, Sean. All right. All right. Back away. Okay. That's that's close enough. I'm going to lose my temper with my coworker. I'm going to lose my temper with the guy who cut me off. I'm going to lose my temper, God. Once you pray about that, the next thing you do is you walk away. You step away. You push the keyboard away. You take the phone, you put it in the closet and close the door and say, I'll deal with you later. I need to cool down now. Because the the danger is that you're going to destroy a relationship because you're angry. You are going to break somebody's heart because you're angry. You are going to destroy your own self. You're going to destroy... When you lose your temper, you risk causing somebody to stumble over your anger. Do you want the responsibility that somebody says, I don't want anything to do with Jesus because of you? That's heavy, folks. If that's how a Christian acts, I don't want anything to do with them. We have big things on the line. We have big, big things on the line here. And when we lose our temper, when we lose our anger, when we emotipost, is what it's called. It's called emotiposting. When you get online and you let somebody have it, and you exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, when you use emoji and emoticons in text messages that really let somebody have it, you are destroying an opportunity to witness. We need to have self-control. So if that means you've got to push the keyboard away, if that means you've got to bite your tongue, if that means you've got to put the, the phone in the freezer, is that bad for phones? It might be, but you know what? If it's going to save a relationship, if it's going to keep you from losing your temper, do it anyway. Phones, of, you, can re- you can replace a phone, you can't replace a relationship. If you are tempted to lose your temper, to fly off the handle, you've got to pray and walk away. The key to self-control is allowing the Spirit to control. And when the Spirit controls you, it will, He will bring peace to the situation. He will bring calm to the situation. I want to share another passage of Scripture, just one more verse with you. Proverbs fifteen eighteen says, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. What do you want to be? A self-controlled peacemaker or a hot-tempered quarreler? Is that a word? 
when we are self-controlled, when we demonstrate self-control over our anger, over our emotions, we will not be disqualified from the prize and we will be leading effective, productive lives for Jesus Christ. And that's what we are all about, is becoming more like Jesus. So my challenge for you today, and the challenge for all of us, and myself included, is that we would be self-controlled by being spirit-controlled. And may we walk away when, it's, when, the, when it gets hot and heated. May we walk away, push the keyboard away, whatever it is you've got to do to control your anger so that you will not be disqualified from this prize. And may the Holy Spirit calm you and guide you and help you be self-controlled this week.